Welcome to what is potentially like the first attempt at a Real Opinions talky film show thing. <laughs> now, now is the moment you take the chance to drink. The moment after ten minutes of setting up this microphone stuff, <laughs> now is the moment that you decide to drink. It, it gave me something to do because I figured, like, if, if <laughs> it just looks like I'm just staring. <laughs> I'm not recording the video though. I'm not even recording the video. No, no, it's just I mean, sound. Just so, there's, so, you, so you just picked the one, the one action which causes you not to be able to talk to be the moment where we decide to start talking. Mm. Yes, yeah, so, uh, this is the, kind of the first attempt at a Real Opinions filmy talky show that we can attempt every so often when we have a, a free hour, half hour, whatever, and. Um, I mean, we did do a radio show, so we are kind of used to doing something like this. It's just going to be the radio show, but but without that same song every week. Yeah, because of copyright. <laughs> Basically, it's we the exact play same. We songs over here, but we wouldn't even know when they started playing. <laughs> just it'd be the way to make it even more awkward. And now we'll play this song. Is it on yet? I can't hear. Oh, oh, yeah, it is. I'm talking over it, and then it would be even more disastrous <laughs> well we could just kind of uh just do the awkward thing where we go and now we'll play this song and we're back and just go like <laughs> after like like pretend like oh wasn't that a, a humdinger of a tune humdinger <laughs> i don't know the terminology we're, we're we're not music critics i mean well i've tried I, i've talked about fat beats before <laughs> <laughs> I've reviewed a couple of scores on here. Oh, that's true. So we are musically, a sort of musically adequate. <laughs> musically adequate. <laughs> that's somewhere I'll put that on the on the on the CV. Musically adequate. Like if we, I think if we ever did start uh, a, a podcast, I think that this should be the name of it. Musically adequate. No, just just forget the brand that we've been like tried for about a year and a half. Just or, go or something completely be, different. It could be real opinions, and then the subtitle could be musically adequate. <laughs> but then that implies that we're only talking about music for the entire thing. Uh, no, it just implies that we're adequate. <laughs> it doesn't imply that we're necessarily it's talking just... <laughs> about music. It just it's just it's just a statement that we are musically adequate. It doesn't necessarily connote that that's what the conversation's about. Like, Captain America the Winter Soldier isn't about the Winter Soldier. He's, he's in it. And and it's not false. Like, we are we are musically adequate. It doesn't have to be about that fact. Okay. But it's also just kind of a statement about us. So it's it's not a fact. It's just, we're, we're all right. It's basically, basically just real opinions, not that bad at cooking. Like we don't have to talk about it, but it could just—it's just just a subtitle. You don't have to reference we'll it. We'll just at call all. it adequate. <laughs> I want it. I want it to be real opinions, book of secrets. <laughs> just revelations, re- origins. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do origins, but we don't discuss the origins whatsoever. There's a few it's that a have done that. Let's let's not. No, that's true. It's not that ridiculous. That's true. I think Revelations is good. What's 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 another one they do? Um, Revel- redemption. That, that when there is no redemption. Redemption's the big one. Yeah. Even if there is no redemption. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Real opinions. Redemption. Uh, it's it's less like the classic one. They do was it? Um, returns. Is that another one? 
I don't know, that's, that's just, I'm thinking of Star Wars now. <laughs> the one I just jumped to is uh, Electric Boogaloo, just because yeah, okay, that's, that's the go-to joke, yeah. I think Redemption yeah, should be there. Because Redemption <laughs> actually... It's Redemption. <laughs> <laughs> or Revelations. There could be Revelations. Again, though, that's another one. There's not norm- There's normally never any Revelations in, in a Revelations film. What are some Revelations films? I'm trying to... Um, is- is it Matrix Revelation or is oh, it Revolution? Or is that Revolution? That's the thing. I think it's Revelation because Revolution sounds like it's a bit too. Revelation sounds a bit more thinky, and that's exactly what they want the Matrix to be. I don't know. There are a lot of them. The problem is they're forgettable films, so I can't remember them. That's true. Yeah, they they are all forgettable. Yeah, they all just blend into one another. What? It must what? be. Um, I'm surprised they haven't done the Bourne Redemption. <laughs> mm. Mm, but they've um, been they've been thinking of cleverer words, like that's the thing. But redemption is quite a cleverer word, I suppose. I can't think of a dumber word. I can't think of Bourne. Well, let's put it this way: when I was a kid, apart from identity, I asked I had to ask what supremacy and ultimatum meant. I wouldn't have had to ask what redemption meant if I was a kid. So I think that's... That's true. I think that's what they name them by. It's like, if you're 10, do you have to ask what the word means? But you wouldn't uh, have to ask what Jason okay. meant. <laughs> that's a prefix. That completely... That completely. Well, it's not a prefix. It's just his name, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> what are we actually talking about? <laughs> I was trying to segue. I was going to segue at some point into the thing... That you sent me... Oh no, I sent you yesterday. The evening. Suicide Squad thing. The letter. Yes, it's it's always Suicide Squad now. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, like, the actually, su- that was Suicide up, Squad kind of thing. Like, yeah, actually, bringing it up, I'm just going to like, do I actually want to talk about that film? <laughs> just because it's... Even though I haven't seen it, I mean, I'm just tired of talking about mm, it. Hearing yeah, no, it's, it's it, like... It's, it's, it's already become a very clickbaity topic. Like... There's a thousand and one things that you can talk like do like a feature on to talk about the Suicide Squad because of the controversy caused by it, and I and I've done one, so I I, I know, but <laughs> but I think it was I've built it, that cash cow. Yeah, I think the thing is it's not the the one that you're talking about in particular though isn't that Suicide Squad specific. No, it's more just Warner Brothers in general, so I suppose that's a bit better. Yeah. But I, I think it's interesting that it's the fact that... I mean, well, we, we were both in the opinion that he, the guy wasn't... in uh, The guy that wrote the letter wasn't 100% in the right, as some people have just painted him as... Messiah. I assume people have just... Yeah, the Messiah, yeah, essentially. If you, if you went through the comments, it was just people, like, totally <laughs> right. agreeing with him as if they were even involved in the industry. There's a lot of just like, yeah, that's probably what happens. And obviously we're not in the industry, but uh, basically, do you want to, do you want to um, explain what the letter was? Oh, uh, basically the the letter was that it's a, it's an ex-Warner uh, Brothers uh, employee and basically just goes through saying that the problem with Warner Brothers is that they just have this slate of awful films every single year and they keep wondering what and they keep laying off lower level staff instead of higher level staff that keep coming up and pushing these terrible ideas on people and the higher level staff 
he's attacking sort of aren't just businessmen or the CEO. He's mainly attacking the CEO, but he is also talking to about the directors of the films. Like he he yeah. wants Zack Snyder to be punished. Like that. Yeah, he he was he was. It felt like I understood where he was coming from in the whole like the you know the the the, the situation he describes is people getting laid off who aren't responsible mm. for the overall film. People like, I think you mentioned marketing people or just general assistants or effects people. I can't remember exactly who he, who he referred to, but basically the kind of people who don't get their names out there. They're the people he yeah. described as getting laid off. And that's totally, yeah, he's right. That's unfair because usually, in fact, when I say usually, I mean 99% of the time, they're not the people to blame. And he's saying like, if Batman v Superman's a bad film, don't blame the marketing people or whatever, because they're not the ones who made these big story decisions yeah. that people hate. But at the same time, I felt like he was attacking the I mean, wrong the people marketing himself. people are just making the best with what they're given with, aren't they? He did specifically attack the marketing thing with uh, The Hobbit, which he said that it was just a lazy, uh, lazy Peter Jackson, and the marketing people had to clean it up, basically. And the thing is, I, I mean, I, I again, I did work on The Hobbit, and I don't know if this guy did. He, I, that's the thing. I don't. I, I, from the sounds of it, he didn't. Yeah, that's that's what I thought. Because I, I think he said that I can't remember when he said he left the company, but I think it might have even been before the Hobbit. I don't know. But either way, I think it was even before, before. I think it was Man of Steel. He, I think he left before Man of Steel. Well, there you go. Then. So I don't, yeah, no, he, I think he did. I think you're right. I think he did. I think I think he did leave before. Man of Steel. He said, "I first wrote this letter to do with Man of Steel." Sorry, you just blanked out for the whole whole of that bit. <laughs> Sorry. What what did you say? Uh, I got uh, he left after I Man froze, of Steel, so... and then I got nothing. Oh, okay, that's fine. It's good if we both paused. I suppose that's less awkward. Okay. I don't know. <laughs> Um, but yeah, he, he did, he tagged Peter Jackson, and from what I can tell, I don't think Peter Jackson was it necessarily at fault. I, I don't think The Hobbits uh, are good, particularly any of them are particularly bad, but none of them are good. Uh, but at the same <clears> time, I do get the impression that Peter Jackson tried. I, I don't think Peter Jackson's the type of person to just not give a shit at all. Well, we all know that he sort of took it on really... Up close to filming as well. It was very much like, oh, you do it now because Guillermo del Toro's gone. So, I don't know. I don't. I feel like these are all the things he's complaining about seem to be studio decisions, but he was blaming the creative people, and it just felt like he was blaming the wrong people. Again, like, I, I was, was it Clint Eastwood for Jersey Boys that he, he also singled out? Mm. And it was like, what did Clint Eastwood do? Why do you want to fire Clint Eastwood? I get it, don't fire the little guys, but... Clint, why why attack Clint Eastwood? Like it felt Clint like Eastwood makes fine the films though. Like generally, he makes fine films. I mean, is he going to blame him for American Sniper doing very very well? Yeah, for being like the biggest domestic hit. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, it just it, it felt like his problems with the studio. And again, I'm very sympathetic. So I imagine you know if I, if if we ever get involved in the industry, we'd be pissed off with that too. We'd be pissed off if our jobs are online on the line because of a film yeah. not doing well when it's out of our control. But he was, like, implying, like, oh, these lazy creators who do nothing and don't try. And I don't think that that was the way to go about it. Like, he seemed to sort of be implying the same thing about the Suicide Squad. Even though he didn't directly name-check David Ayer, he did seem to be, you know, saying, 
and Suicide Squad proves my point even further. And I thought, but I'm pretty sure that David Ayer was not to blame. And that that was mm. studio politics and everything. So again, why? Why are, you, why are you attacking the wrong people again? I'm not there. I don't know. But it felt like instead of saying we shouldn't be fired. He should have been saying, don't fire anyone based on the <laughs> films not doing well. Instead, he was going, fire these people instead. It felt like it, it, it was, a, he was yeah. defending by attacking. Yeah, no, that, I definitely agree that that... He was being aggressive when he should have been saying, this yeah, is wrong. That. Yeah, uh, and the kind of thing that I closely kind of connected it to in some ways is that the the issues that they had with um, Fantastic Four, I mean, it's similar in that it's a superhero film as well, but later, but it, the, people like complained, oh, it's the studio that screwed up that film. But also at the same time, it was clearly there was something wrong with the director at the time. At the same time, mm. and I think that he's just trying to blame, shift the blame from one group of people to the other. I can see why he's mad as well. Like like we said, that it's the people that he is friends with and the people that he knows are getting fired for these decisions that they don't ultimately make themselves. But um, again, yeah, it's just it's not really a case of offering anything useful besides. These people are bad. Yeah, that's that's exactly all. All it's gonna do is fuel fanboys to have self righteous whining again. It's not. It's not helping anything. Like it's an open letter to Warner Brothers. Like Warner Brothers are gonna read it and go, "You're right. We'll change the way we do our business because of this." All it is is really to get people pissed off, and all yeah. it's gonna do is have more people pissed off. Have more people think they know how studios work and just attack studios with venom as if they understand the inner workings. But nothing's going to change based on it, really. No, it's, it's not It's not helpful in any way. He he did also... One of the things I felt was a bit weird was that he sort of... He, he did imply... I don't think he said it explicitly, but he did imply that this is Warner Brothers and that this is Warner Brothers' problem specifically. As if other studios... Just are what 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 do other studios do? Are other studios not motivated by money? Do other studios never interfere with films? Do other studios never fire anyone? I mean, he 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 uses Marvel at one point, like talking about their Comic Con panels, which I didn't really get how they were connected. He just sort of brought up your Comic Con panel was shit, okay? But but like, I'm pretty sure Marvel have done some high-profile firing or kicking people off projects in the past, like Edgar Wright, and yeah. then just bringing in Peyton Reed. And, uh, when well, it doesn't, doesn't work, work with, with their, their vision. vision. Yeah. Vision. So, yeah, vision. And so... <laughs> vision! Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I was making a reference to the character. Like, Joss Whedon had his whole thing where he was <laughs> talking about how the studio were putting a lot of pressure on him. To do things a certain yeah. way. And I do feel like, like, why... I get that he worked for Warner Brothers, so he would be... He would have a personal relationship to be specifically pissed at Warner Brothers. But isn't this just what studios do? Big studios making big movies, this is what they do? I understand, especially if if you're in a system, you immediately, you see the faults more than anyone yeah, else. Yeah. And you, obviously, you get focused in on the day-to-day -day grind. I mean... You can look at a company from any angle. You could probably say, like, most people go, oh, Apple's great. No, if you get into it, if you, if you get into it, you know that there's going to be 
assholes left, right, and centre, and that there's always going to be people that are ruining things for others. I mean, it's just uh, people again, just kind of wanting to put this thing that they don't understand, which is the movie industry, because they just get an output from it. They don't get any like input into it, and so they're just trying to put this whole massive thing that they can't possibly understand into a category. And so they're basically just trying to go studio that one bad that one good yeah yeah it's like they're, they're all studios there's no such thing as, as like a good guy when it's a big corporation they all want money they're all driven to make the most money that they can some of them it just happens to be that doing the good thing will make them more money that they're not doing the good thing to be good they're doing whatever they can to make the most money there's no such thing as a studio that is benevolent and cares about people. Like, the people in the studio, might. I'm not saying that all corporate people at the top of the ladder are, like, venomous creatures that just throw orphans onto fires. But what I am saying is that the, the corporation as a whole will want to make the most money it can. That's how it works. That's, that's exactly what corporations do. And so to just go, like... Warner Brothers are evil. It's just like, no, Warner Brothers is just a company. It's a yeah. company like all companies. And they're going to do what they're going to do. And of course, it's it's shitty if you're one of the employees who get fired. And you have every right to complain. But but why would you say, don't fire me, fire that person? That's that's not... That's, that's, that's the thing I have a problem don't with. Don't shoot me, shoot him. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was the... the, the it's just, just, just don't fire anybody, is the... Like, Paul... Like, imagine if you were, like, yeah. like Peter Jackson, and you read that. You'd be just like, what? What did they do? What did I do to this guy? Like, Peter Jackson seems like a nice dude. Peter Jackson seems like he's a friendly... Good guy. And, and incidentally, do you really think that Peter Jackson should be fired because he made The Hobbit? Because I'm pretty sure he made Lord of the Rings, won loads of Oscars, made the studios lots of money with The Hobbit. It's not like, if you want to say, oh, Peter Jackson's the person who should have been fired, like, that's just wrong. From the studio's perspective, Peter Jackson made them a lot of money, even with The Hobbit films that are supposedly bad. He made them loads of money. He even got them nominated for some Oscars with the Hobbit films, like visual effects and things. And obviously he won Oscars for Lord of the Rings. Why would the studio fire him? Just because you don't... Because some people don't like the films. Yeah, so even the people didn't like the films as much uh, as the Lord of the Rings, obviously. But they made more money than Lord of the Rings. They they weighed way, way more money than Lord of the Rings. And sure, they won't have the longevity of those series, but people are still fans from the last one. And so they could bring in, they can if they brought out some Lord of the Rings trite, tripe, trite, the other, the next day, if they brought out some kind of like, they're doing a, a prequel to Lord of the Rings, Peter Jackson's directing it, people would lose their shit. Yeah, they would. They're not going to fire this fella because he's, he's, a, he's a, just a, he's, if you put his name on something, it will sell, regardless of if it's good or bad, and that's what they want. They want to sell, which is what we're just repeating now. But and then that's the other thing as well is that he was saying that we should fire them if they make bad films. That was basically sort of that the creators should be fired if they're not doing storytelling well. Well, that's totally subjective. <laughs> like you can like with another job. Like if it was you were in a business, you can judge someone by their you know by their sales or by 
how much money they're bringing to the corporate, but, but, but how do you fire someone based on storytelling? It's entirely subjective. That's mental. It's, it's like, how? Like, imagine if the, the heads up at the studios didn't like the way that Inarutu made the Revenant. Would they just go, like, your storytelling was bad. You go now. <laughs> go, man. No, but, but it's entirely subjective. And if they're making money, then that's the only thing that you can judge them by. It's yeah. that's just logical, and d- also, don't fire anybody. And also, directors can go through phases of making good and bad films. I mean, if you look at uh, was it Scorsese? Scorsese's made some bad films in his time. He has also made some very good, very popular films that have sold a lot. Just just because someone is going through, like someone can make a good film and then a bad film, only to come back and make another good film. Just because like you've taken them for their peak doesn't mean you have to like cut them loose the moment they start showing signs of faltering. Like they're not like some kind of racehorse where the moment they falter, you've got to shoot them. Like it's, it's, <laughs> it's not how it works. So the weird thing as well is that he he was talking about Zack Snyder as the problem uh, from yeah. as early as Man of Steel. And I know that Man of Steel split people down the middle, and I actually didn't like Man of Steel, but I was not under the impression that everyone jumped on Man of Steel with vitriol. Like, there were definitely people that liked Man of Steel. It was 50-50. Steel. Of, yeah, I'd it was 50-50, it was 50/50 wasn't 50/50. It? it? So, like, why would you fire him based on something that some people, like, genuinely loved? Like, some people were like, this is great. Like, Batman v Superman, I understand a bit more, but, but Man of Steel... Like, some people think Man of Steel is a really good film. They are just chipping away at that 50-50 percentage with every film. <laughs> but, uh... I do I do understand, though, because only this... But, but at the same time, is that these people will be the kind of people who go, ah, studio's evil. You know, you go on the, you know, on the comment sections of, like, IMDb or whatever, and they'll be talking about how Warner Brothers are evil, studios are evil. But they're the same pricks that have been attacking the editor of the, sui- of the Suicide Squad. Like, I, you just go on, the on like, the comments that DC should fire their editor. And it's like, you can't do that, because he was the person that probably had to salvage what little he could because yeah. of what the studio told him to. And then you're like, ah, oh, the studio's evil. They attacked this guy that they've been, like, making his life hell, and, and who now everyone blames for this film. You should fire him. Because because of what the studio told him to do, because because they it's it's the, they misunderstand what an editor does. They think that because there's like the you know lots of scenes are cut from the suicide. I know you haven't seen it, but lots of stuff is obviously cut from Suicide Squad, and you have like things that were whole scenes reduced to like ten second snippets. And I get that that that's and it is jarring. It's very jarring. It's very strange, and it means that you don't get into a lot of the scenes like you should, because some of them are clearly good scenes. But just as the sort of starting up, they got. I've seen that um, that example of the Joker, where in the trailer, uh, like the first trailer that came out that showed the Joker, you know where he does that shot up at the camera yeah. where he goes, "I'm going to hurt you really, really bad," which regardless of whether whether or not you like that line it looked like that was part of a scene and then i've seen the the clip of that in the film and it's like a high it's like a drug montage mm. it's the only time where the editing is jumpy on purpose that i remember yeah. it's okay. the only time where it has that kind of like you said druggy weirdness the rest of the time it's yeah. just that the scenes are really short but they seem to think that that's the editor's decision. Like, the editor was just going, this whole scene here, 
David. I'm just going to cut it. Fuck it, David. I don't care what you say. I don't care what you say, David. It's gone. Like, the editor was sat there. <laughs> like, David just went into the cinema. <laughs> the cinema to see the final cut. Just went, Barry, no! What have you done? And Barry's just been, like, <laughs> pressing the keys as fast as he possibly can to cut it down as quickly as possible. It's just, like, or, like, the fact that it's all jumbled. Scenes are moved around throughout the film that were clearly yeah. meant to be at the beginning of the film. Again... That wasn't the editor. Like, he did it. Yes, he will have been the person who physically did it. But he didn't do it because it was his idea and he just overruled anyone. That's not how... He didn't just get to go, that's what's happening. You guys can suck it. I don't care. (laughs) (laughs) Like, a whole character's backstory is missing because the editor just didn't like them and just went... Fuck this shit. Like, so the editor was sat at his desk, just drunk, out of his mind, cutting shit, moving stuff around. I don't give a shit about this crap. That's not how it works. It's like a cute, like, sitcom kid, and they all turn to, like, but but where's this character's backstory? And he just goes, I don't know. But I don't understand, like, how you can be all, like, studios are evil, and then blame this editor who's just doing what he's told. Also, I just feel bad for the editor, like, so imagine so imagine that your job, uh, for, like, day in, day out, is that you watch whole films, and then you have to, your entire job is to watch a whole film, and then cut it down to two minutes like that, because he did trailers. They did the trailers, and so his job for his entire like career has been cutting down massive films into two minutes. And then suddenly, someone grabs him and says, "By the way, you're doing the whole bloody thing now. <laughs> make that, but make that uh, what thirty times longer." <laughs> is he even the person that is credited as the editor? Because I know they got so many people in on editing the film, but only one. I looked, only one man's there credit. Is one, there is one credit, yeah. But I feel like they went through a lot of. They went through a lot of re-edits. I know that, but they went. That I think it's basically the fact that lots and lots and lots of people have had their cuts of this film, but because of the way that guilds work, they have to have a guild-approved editor, and they have to have one official like title for it. I mean, I just assume that it's. I assume that it's a guild and a crediting problem, or just because they what they don't want to show the fact that it was a jumbled mess in the production <laughs> of that. Because I mean, like, there's the example of like, like the Cohen brothers or whatever. They weren't called. They weren't directed as directed by the Cohen brothers for their first few films because uh, the guild does not allow that up until oh. they were the exception. So that's like the first few films. It says produced by Ethan Cohen directed by Joel Cohen, but really it's just both of them directing, and it's because you couldn't say two people directed this, just because they wouldn't allow that. And so maybe it's a guild thing, maybe it's just a covering up. But my point is, is that that guy may not have been the person who's necessarily even responsible for the end thing. But he's got that on his name now. And it's one of those rare occasions, like editors don't normally get that much recognition either way. Like, either way, like, I know a lot of the time we talk about how editors don't get the credit they get, but a lot of the time, name an editor you hate off the top of your head, like an editor who, if you saw him on the credits, you'd go like, fuck no, but this guy... I I could list that, I thought that, was it, Whiplash, brilliant, brilliantly edited, 
can't name his. Can't no, name I know, but that, that's exactly my name. point. Is that's that, both ways. It's like you said. Yeah, but this this guy has now he's now got his name credited to one of the few films where like every reviewer's gone fuck this editor like he's the one editor to get that and he might not have even done it can you imagine like just showing up at some editor's party and everyone's just like he walks into the room everyone goes silent and just looks away and he didn't even do it he's just the poor guy that has his name on it like there was 20 other people but all of a sudden he's the laughing stock of editorville and he's he's no <laughs> he's not necessarily the guy to blame and I really, because, cause like, imagine now if you go to, if he's, like, going around looking for jobs, it's like, oh, you edited Suicide Squad, and they just tear up his resume in front of him, and just set the ash, the, the shreds on fire, and he just watches with tears dripping down as he just looks at the puddle of ashes that was his career, but because of Suicide Squad is gone. Do you think that, um, because, you know, some directors have in the past they've kind of said i want to detach myself from this project i'll change i'll put a different name on it and things like that that. do you do you think that at some point like i think that when it comes to projects like this if um i don't think that they can like i can't imagine that they'd be okay with the editor picking a false name for this film (laughs) like because that if anything that would just say to people the editor hated it the guy that cut it hated it and so I feel like there must be this pressure as well to not, even if, I don't know, maybe he did like the film. I don't, that, uh, that, yeah, I, I we, we, we don't know, but it's just the fact it wasn't even just his job. Like, he's taking all yeah, the heat. I can't imagine a scenario where he wasn't pissed off. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Like, like just, from the, just from the sounds of the... Because, I mean, even if I really loved the film that I was cutting, if I found out that my studio boss is had hired someone else that typically does trailers to cut it instead of me because they don't like my job I'd be annoyed mm. so I don't know and you don't especially if they just hired them based on the fact that they put to, put Bohemian Rhapsody to some of the footage and that yeah. made them more qualified than, than me yeah <laughs> Oh, so he so he used a Queen song that everyone loves. Oh, okay, great. So he he just gets he gets the credit that I've worked my entire career <laughs> to get to this point. <laughs> I like how this this kind of like rant against this one letter that's come out has just turned into a massive like hypothetical about this one man's life. <laughs> it's making me sad though. I'm worried about him. I think that, that we should upload the video as just like the untold story of Suicide Squad's editor. <laughs> <laughs> what you don't know may shock you. <laughs> The whole thing, like, uh, I think seeing as this has sort of, like, just sort of gone into a general talk about Suicide Squad now, or more specifically, the issues behind Suicide Squad, the main issue, because everyone's like, this is what happens when you let a studio mess with a film, I mean, reshoots and re-edits have been a part of films yeah, forever. that's completely fine. The, the, the issue is, this is what happens when you decide that you want the tone of your film to be something different halfway through making it. You can fix issues, you can fix, you can cut out stories, you can cut out characters, you can change the order of events, but when you decide you fundamentally want a totally different film to the film that was originally pitched to you, that's when you kind of have to go, no, you probably can't do that. Like, test screenings, 
They're fine. With test screenings, you can go, want more of this character? Good. This bit boring? We'll lose that bit. You can't go, oh, the film needs to just fundamentally be a different film altogether. You can use re-edits and reshoots and test screenings to change things, not to change everything about a film. You can't, <laughs> you can't change everything. You can't go, this film... Because David Ayer will have come to them with a pitch and will have said, this is the film I want to make. And they'll have said, yes. So why didn't they let him do the film that he pitched? They can say no. If they wanted to do the fun film, and I know that they didn't get that idea until after Batman v Superman, but that's way too late. But if they wanted to do the fun film, then say no to David Ayer in the first place. Don't, don't, don't say yes and then change it. It's just, it's, it's the fact that they left it so late. Like, so, so late to change everything. Not just bits, but the tone of everything. Which they just do. I know you haven't seen the film. But the way that they do that, for the, mo- for the first half of the film, the way that they make it fun is just by slapping pop songs over, the, over footage that originally didn't have pop songs. Like, it's, it's, okay. it's not like... It, you know, you can tell that most of it was, is, is the exact same as it always was, but now it's got Eminem playing over it. And, like, that makes it fun now. <laughs> you just made it eight miles. That actually is in the film. I should, there is an Eminem part. That's not... I'm not just... Oh, I didn't just pick okay. something out of, out of, like, total randomness. Eminem is one of them. Um, but they, they just, like... And then, and then they drop it halfway through. That's the other thing. Not only have they started to mess around with the film so close to its release. Not only did they decide to change everything, but they only do it for half of it, and then the other half, they're like, fuck that half, that, that half doesn't need to be fun. The first half can be fun, but the second half, we cannot be bothered to do that. And so, for the first half of the film, you have, like, two times the amount of songs that you have in, say, the awesome mix. You know, you have, like, song, 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 song. Wait, the- is in the entirety? And then for the second half, there's none. I think there's one. There's just, it's just so bizarre. It's just like song, 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 song. No song, song, no song. It's, it doesn't make any sense. Which which half do you think is better out of the two? I, I honestly, the, the first half of Suicide Squad, I actually genuinely thought, like, I was sat there thinking, you know what, I, I totally see where everyone's coming from. And I am fully aware of the problems but i am having fun it is fun and i was like you know i I still like this then the second half i was like now i'm seeing the problems and they're bugging me so like if it carried on like the first half i would have gone yeah you know i get it but you know i thought it was fun but but then the second half made me think The villain thing is okay. is really dodgy as well. Like I know that you probably I don't want to spoil it for you, but the villain is one of the worst. One of the worst that there's been. Annoying as it is, the half where the studio intervention is more obvious is actually the more <laughs> enjoyable half. Um, but I think if the whole film had been allowed to be David Ayer's film, like it, I don't. I still don't think it would have been necessarily amazing. But I think it would have at least been more consistent because it is a very jarring shift 
between the David Ayer half and the other. It's the it's the inverse of of Fantastic Four. You know, like where the first half of Fantastic Four is uh, clearly okay. the okay. Josh Trank half, and then the second half is the studio half. This is the other way around. Um, so they're quite a good like double feature then. They are, and and if like I've seen a lot of people comparing this to Fantastic Four, this is infinitely better than Fantastic Four. I don't like all the problems. It doesn't matter because this is still fundamentally a film where stuff happens and and as as glaringly obvious as some of the reshoots and things are they're not as obvious as fantastic fours like fantastic four was like insane with how obvious they were not just because of the wig which is ridiculous but because of just kate mara's wig kate mara's wig in uh fantastic four you can tell where reshoots are because oh. her, because she's got this wig on and it's this really really bad wig. It's like really bad and it is it's, I it's, heard it's, that at it's, all. it's useful. You can use it and it's it's like it's like a special feature on the DVD that you use to see <laughs> where things have changed. Like like there's the wig. This was different. <laughs> <laughs> but um. It's, it's nowhere near as glaring as that, but it is this. It, it, it keeps. It, I keep thinking back to it. It's like, why hire David Ayer? Why hire Josh Trank if you don't like their pictures? Like with Fantastic Four, I think it's even weirder because with Suicide Squad, they decided they wanted to change it because of Batman v Superman. Whereas with the Fantastic Four, it seems like they just decided they wanted to change it because halfway through they went, oh no, we don't like this. But like, you, you got the pitch, you had the script. <laughs> I don't. I don't know why. Why? Why this? You suddenly woke up one morning and decided now would be the time to change it. So it's not. It's not the gargantuan mess that Fantastic Four is. It's just. It should be better, and you can see. Like it, it, for me, it was just if they let the scene. I don't mind the tonal clashes as much as other people because consistent tone is something I find to be overrated to an extent. Like obviously there are there are times when if you have like a really jarring tonal clash, it can be a problem. But I feel like films should sort of go through different tones and not just be this consistent line of always fun, always moody. The tone thing doesn't bother me as much as the fact that scenes aren't scenes. Like there are like two or three scenes in the film and the rest of them just everything else is just like brief cutaways that just are there to connect. It feels like you're watching the previously on. It feels like you're getting the minimum amount of a scene that you need to make the loosest amount of sense from the film. And so you just sort of cut to a location for like 10 seconds and then it's to the next one and then it's to the next one and then it's to the next one. And there's this bit in the film where you know you see it in the trailer where, they, where they're in the bar and they're hanging out in the bar and it's very much like that bit in Guardians where they're talking about the plan and, like, what percentage of a plan and everything. That bit felt so refreshing in the film because it was the first time that a scene went on for, like, over a certain amount of minutes. And you were just like, they just sat down talking. And it's a full scene. How great is that? It's a full scene. And it's just it's frustrating because, like, for example, I think in particular the Harley Quinn and Joker backstory... You can tell there's good stuff there, like really good stuff, and it's just skimmed over and shown in the briefest way possible. 
like, there's the bit where she's sort of interviewing him in Arkham. And that was so clearly a long, creepy conversation before where he's manipulating her and getting inside her head. What it is in the actual film is, like, two lines. And and it's really annoying because you just want a full scene at some point to happen. It feels like a trailer. That's what it feels like. It feels like a trailer where nothing is played out in full. And it's annoying. If they said... it, is, it is really irritating, and I do hope there is another cut. Oh, that's what I was actually just going to get to. Is uh, if you if they came out with we're releasing an extended cut for Blu-ray, would you rewatch it? Absolutely. I, I would. I would. If they were releasing another cut, I would get so excited. I'd probably get as excited as I did again because I know that an extended cut could fix so much, so much from just character backstories. To letting, like I said, letting scenes be scenes. I think that it would, it it could fix so many, not all the problems, but so many of them. Like certain stuff's always gonna, like the villain's always gonna be a bit crap, and Jared Leto's Joker's never gonna be good, ever. But a lot of stuff would be fixed by an extended cut and I would get really, really, really excited for one. Because I think it could be one of those where it's a really dramatic difference in quality. Mm. Like one of those like Kingdom of Heaven where everyone talks about how the director's cut is actually a great film. Whereas when the theatrical cut came out, no one gave a shit. Yeah, I, I would hope that it's something like that happens. I mean, it just... But then for all we know, yeah. we could get it and it's just, just crap again. I think it's with... With extended editions, I mean, it's the fact that it's not... I mean, they've already made their theatrical release. They can make the theatrical release onto a Blu-ray. That still is going to sell fine. I think if you made an extended edition, you're not going to really lose anything. Especially if the extended edition... Especially if people start hearing, Oh, it's good! Like, if people... If anything, you could sell more of the extended edition than the regular one, because people are getting it to see if it is better than the last one. Yeah. No, I, I don't... It's, it's a very... <laughs> messy confusing situation where i just i just i don't know like how a studio could have i know their thinking i do get it I do, i'm not one of those people who just jumps on studios as like like they they think they're evil and they they intentionally want to ruin every film i understand they got worried they wanted to make the film more fun i get it but I don't understand how they could have seen this cut and gone, that's the one. That's that's it. That's better. I don't understand how they... I mean, surely they knew that that was going to get, you know, crapped on. And there's this thing as well where people are talking about, but David Ayers said it's his cut. It's not his cut. It's not. That's just... Like, he just doesn't want to Josh Trank himself. You know, he doesn't want to sever his ties with every studio ever. He's, he's a smart man and isn't going to say, I hate this studio because then no one will hire him. It's, it's so obviously not his cut. Like, it's just so clearly isn't. Because why would he film all these backstories and then cut them out? Like, if it was his cut, he, he wrote the script, you know? He wrote... He, he, if, why would he have written that stuff in and then his cut not have any of it in it? That doesn't make any sense. Has the script been released? I don't think so. I don't know though, but I, I feel like I've 
heard of it. I'd have heard about it. I feel like there'd be a lot of stuff of people going like... Yeah, that's the thing. It's because it's... If, it'd be interesting because, again, if, if the script did come out, it'd be another one of these things where people would latch onto it and it, it feel like... I wouldn't be surprised if it comes out at some point in the near future when someone else needs a clickbaiting selling article. Yeah, they're, they're dishing out this the Suicide Squad controversies very generally. Like they need to latch on. Summer's over. They need to latch on to this for as long as they can. Ghostbusters petered out. And they're like, we need a new we need a new thing for people to write this shit yeah. on. And so they're, they're, they are... They're elongating this as long as possible. They had Batman v Superman. Then just as everyone had finished complaining Ghostbusters, then just everyone's a Suicide Squad. And now we don't know when the next one's coming. We have to we have to hold on to Suicide Squad for as long this as is, we this can. This is the modern we horror have to film. <laughs> we don't know which film will be next. <laughs> In the hatred cycle. <laughs> we need... It's, it's, it's just we need to hold on to it until the next one comes along. Probably Rogue One. Someone's going to have a problem with Rogue One. They managed to have a problem with The Force Awakens. We've got to wait until December. I can't think of any other... Unless, for some reason, like... The only other film that I can think of that's big and looks meh is Ben-Hur. Or something like that. I don't, I don't think know. anyone's like... So, no one cares about no, that. No one's, one's attached to that. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe maybe Harry yeah. Potter is gonna be terrible, or there'll be something that offends everyone with that. Actually, uh yeah, you might. Well, yeah, but then again, it, it could just be another Hobbit, and no one hated the Hobbit. People were just like, yeah, mm. <laughs> they were just sad about the Hobbit in some ways. Who who who's who own? Is it Warner Brothers that have that? Yes. There we go oh. then. <laughs> Maybe Harry Potter will have Eminem tracks all over it. You, you heard it here first. Finding <laughs> the Fantastic Beasts and where to find them will be sexist, or will be racist, or will be badly edited. <laughs> Or will kill method acting. Maybe, maybe, maybe Eddie Redmayne just goes around killing people for the whole film, and that's that's the big controversy. He just, he's just what's that? What's that one spell that kills everyone? Uh, the Voldemort. Oh, Avada Kavada. Maybe he just is doing Avada that throughout Kavada. the whole film, and everyone's like, "This isn't Harry Potter. <laughs> this isn't my Harry Potter." And then the director will issue a statement about why, about his reasoning and why he yeah. does that. People will still be divided. And then Jesse Eisenberg's in it. <laughs> he's, just, he's not even a main character. He's just an extra in one scene, but he ruins it. <laughs> he's still going... <laughs> like, he's, he's got a smell... He's got, like, a spell on him that causes him to constantly make that noise. And that's the reason. <laughs> Maybe Enchantress had like did something to to Lex Luthor, and that's why he's like that for the whole film. <laughs> it was her. She ruined two films. But that's that's that's, that's actually is the thing though is that from what I've heard, I haven't seen it, but I've heard that the Batman v Superman extended cut is like significantly better. And I've seen some clips. Is there already extended cut out? You know the the ultimate cut of Batman v Superman. I I didn't know they were doing an ultimate cut already. No, the ultimate cut of Batman v Superman got a cinema release. In America. What? In America. Not oh. here. But here, oh. it's, it's out on Blu-ray now. You can buy it. I haven't seen it, 
but I've seen clips from it, and it makes certain parts of the film make so much more sense. Like, it gives Jesse Eisenberg's character some, a lot more motivation. You get to see, um, like, Clark Kent be a journalist for a bit, and, like, investigating Batman and what Batman does, and things like, like, things that feel like they might make the film a lot better, and I've heard from people that it genuinely turns it into a good film. Like, not just makes it better, but turns it into a good film. So, you know, could happen with Suicide Squad. I think, so, I'm kind of wrapping up what we've discussed in that. It's kind of, it was kind of just a hate, it was just a Warner Brothers discussion overall. But I think the general consensus for this is that the, the hatred cycle will keep on churning. <laughs> Someone will be next. <laughs> It's probably, it probably, from this rate, it does seem like it's going to be a Warner Brothers film, even though we were pretty fair, I say, when we were discussing it before. It does seem like it's setting it up to be the next one. Yeah. Yeah, but... Uh, Sony probably well, um, has something that they can yeah. piss everyone off with. <laughs> whilst Marvel just continue to be fucking perfect. You know, you know how all the studios set up, like, independent arms a few years ago? Do you think they're going to set up like arms of studios just to create the one offensive film a year <laughs> that like gets fans annoyed and so that's kind of their like opposite of the prestige <laughs> film trolling. like it's but so they release it around the same time of a film that they actually want to sell well so it kind of like takes this that takes the heat off of that film <laughs> that could be a good strategy um, anyway so Overall, just points from this. I th- I think it went well as a discussion. Yeah, I mean, it was. It, it it managed to segue way better, even though it was like only brought up one point, and we managed to talk about it for. It's been fifty three minutes. There you go. That's a proper podcast. Yeah, that, that's a, that's actually a whole length. And I mean, and I'm I'm kind of cutting it short just because. Um, I think, yeah, it's kind of just more natural to have a shorter kind of first episode because it kind of eases people into it a bit more. But I know I know some podcasts that are like an hour regularly or a half, an hour and a half, and I think just from this, I mean, we could probably easily talk longer and there's silence occasionally. <laughs> yeah, how much of that was silence? Yeah, well, <laughs> you know, the, the, the Shallows is out now. Maybe we could do an hour-long podcast on The Shallows. Dissecting it frame by frame. Uh, <laughs> have to find every single, every single positive way. Or right, do we want to do the, the shallows as an underrated masterpiece, or is it an overrated offensive film? Because that's the only way that journalism can go now. <laughs> it's just one. If 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 you say something's okay, you know, what's going to bother to read it? You have to. You have to have some can just, extremism. Can we just do the whole thing? Like we're 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 discussing uh, a film that we're very nostalgic from for our cha- from our childhood. Like, uh, can you believe it's been twenty years since The Shallows got released? It's incredible. <laughs> it's amazing. I think we should do all reviews now, where basically we ask at the end. So was this film? A five-star masterpiece or an abject failure, and you have to say one. <laughs> you have to. You can't. You have. To. And you have to. Say, you have to say who should be fired for that <laughs> film. <laughs> like, every single film, like we who just scroll you, through the IMDb credits, and we just go, "That was a really shit gaffer, Pete." 
You really fucked this one up. You gotta go. <laughs> Zoom in on it. Uh, Find him on IMDb. Show his picture. <laughs> Look at this prick. Send him hate. Get in the comments just like a list of who should be fired. <laughs> Get people to vote. <laughs> Send it to the studio. Do, do, like, do Twitter polls. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I'd, I'd appreciate that. Actually, I feel like that that could be what movie fights turns into. Like, who do you think should be fired from this film? <laughs> I'll, I'll just pick like a random best boy from the credits and just mercilessly make mercilessly attack him. But every He's not the best. Every time, every time he does a film, we'll bring it up as well. Like, just hound him in every film. It's like, look who's in this one. It's him again. Why do they keep hiring him to do whatever it is a best boy does? <laughs> That's the okay. We will find we will find the best boy from Suicide Squad <laughs> and now pick on him. We'll find his name and put it. And every film that he is in afterwards, we'll just go. It's fine, but but Timmy worked <laughs> on it. So obviously timmy is is dropped timmy made sure that 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 one shot where it was annoying that was him he, he really screwed that one up I if they hire well, different not. best boys to to do when the film's like a mess and they want to try a different tone do they go through like eight different best boys and then one of them has to take the rap for it still at the end it's just like the hunger games <laughs> they choose which one will go off to the bad film uh, but uh, <laughs> Right, but but well, basically, just sum it up in that we we shouldn't choose who gets fired in a company which we have no part in. <laughs> that's that's and, the um, lesson today, folks. You don't get to decide. <laughs> but go, but, but I don't, I don't know. How I want but don't to attack that, that editor of Suicide Squad. Yeah. And yeah. stop, stop hiring people to make films you don't want them to make. <laughs> that That's stupid. Like, if you want the Roost, if you want Peyton Reed to make everything, if you want someone who is just going to do a fine job, just get Peyton Reed to do them all the time. He'll do your Suicide Squad and it will be fine. Just fine. Get Peyton Reed. Just Peyton Reed <laughs> Then now I've just got this idea of he just walks onto set every day and it's just like, oh my god, he's so okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, they just said it, like, every, every single time he just go, he just manages to get the perfect middle line for everything. Like, his direction isn't bad. It's not, it's clear, but it's not, it's just like, try it, but sad. And that's, that's it. It's like, it works. Yeah. It's, it's fine. That, 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 that's, just what you need. That'll do. Do it sad. <laughs> Peyton Reed. <laughs> he's like, he's the kind of person that I imagine you go into his house and every single room is just painted the same colour and it's beige. Because <laughs> he just like, he got in and goes, these walls are fine as they are, let's leave it. And they work as walls. They are, they, you can understand them as all walls. It doesn't walls, fall over do have if some I just character. push it. It's just... <laughs> <laughs> sure, sure. The structure was already built by someone that was making a pretty great set of walls, but to be honest, I'm fine that I just painted them beige. 
I'm okay with this, and I think you are too. I mean, you'd, 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 you're fine with this. Well, house. You go to David sure Ayer's house, you got like eight people making the walls, and none of them fit together properly. <laughs> Just across the street, Josh Trank's got a house with all the walls covered in shit, and then someone's had to come in and take <laughs> it off him and finish. <laughs> Someone's trying to wipe the shit off, and then the, the 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 guy that owns the house comes out and says he should be fired for getting all that shit on the wall. <laughs> it's like you're not scrubbing hard enough. It's clearly your fault. It smells in here. Why have you got rid of the smell? Why have you why have you changed how hard like this half of the film is this half of the house? Oh like I broke the metaphor. This half of the house is spotless, but this half is completely covered. What what are you doing? What is this? <laughs> anyway. I think we completely got off track. That was me trying to end it like several times. I went down the Ant Man poster just like Ant Man, it's like a house full of beige walls. <laughs> We should leave this. This should be the video. Just the part about war. <laughs> no segue. Just that. Good. Anyway, uh, this was good. I liked it. It was fun. It was fun. Oh, we should probably try again at some point. Yep. Yep. Yeah. After we've seen the shallows. After we've seen the shallows. Yes. That. That's the big next big thing. But yeah. Uh, great. So we'll we'll do it whenever we have the time slash can be bothered just do it 